As a driven dentist, you see the world differently. Where some see scarcity, you see abundance. When others want to give up, you keep going. You're building an amazing life of significance. That means you can't rely on ordinary advice from ordinary advisors to get to your goals. You want advice that's going to help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love, the causes you care about, and make your dent in the universe. But the fact is, this advice remains hidden because relatively few professionals are well-versed in them, and the extremely affluent don't care to let you know about them. Join us as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families. Welcome to Dental Wealth Nation. Here's your host, Tim McNeely. Hey, hey, welcome to another edition of Dental Wealth Nation. I am so excited to have you here today. So we, we talk to a lot of professionals on the show. We share a lot of strategies with you. But one of the segments I love the most is Profiles of Success. This is where you have the opportunity to hear from your peers, to hear from other people in the trenches right alongside with you so you can really learn how to run your practice and build that amazing life of significance. And today, super excited. We've got Dr. Robert Martino with us. And by the time we finish today, you're going to know, you're really going to have an insight into the one mindset, the one thing they can help you tie everything together. You're going to have a new way of thinking about your practice, how to practice dentistry, but more importantly, you're going to feel re-energized when you walk into your practice on Monday morning. So I'm ready to dive in. Let's get started. Dr. Robert Martino, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tim. It's nice to be here. I appreciate it. Man, I'll tell you, these are my favorite segments to do is to hear from people like you who are in the trenches because, you know, it's one thing to talk to professionals who serve dentists. It's another whole thing to actually hear from practitioners like you who, who are running incredible, incredible practices. And so tell me a little bit about, you know, how, how you got to where you are today and, and some of the lessons you've learned along the way. But let, let's start. You know, how did you get to where you are today? Well, I've, uh, I've been in. I've been a dentist for 25 years. Um, I got out of dental school and I went into the Navy for three years as a dentist. And then I came out of that, went as an associate and then purchased my own practice about a little over 20 years ago. Um, and I've uh, been practicing general dentistry um, in New Jersey ever since then. Um, I have an associate. I have a fantastic team uh, who really makes me better every day. Uh, and, um, it's been a wonderful experience so far. I, I, uh, I, I look forward to going to work every day. Oh, Hey, that, that's fantastic. I, I know there, there's some dentists, believe it or not, that don't actually look forward to, uh, to showing up every day. So, so how do you get to a place, right? Was it always that way? You know, you had a background in the Navy and so how, how did that background really help shape who you are today and some of the lessons that you've learned? Well, I think the most important aspect of, of the, my experience with the Navy was, was how to manage people. Um, and managing people is integral to a successful dental practice. Um, knowing that you have to, it's your responsibility to train your people. It's your responsibility to inform your patients, communication with, with both patients and staff, um, and letting them take control over what their responsibilities are, not micromanaging. Um, and that to me is critical, um, to success. And I put a lot of faith in my team. Uh, I 
have a lot of open conversations with my patients. Um, I'm very transparent with all of them. Uh, and I think that builds trust and confidence um, along the way. Okay, excellent. Now, now when you and I were, were talking before, right, we, we kind of talked about that little bit of a, a mindset piece and, and really how to think about your practice. And I, and I know you've got such a, a great philosophy on, on your website. It even says, right, you strive to make people want to show up at the dentist. And I don't know too many people who actually want to show up. So, so how did that philosophy come about in, in really that, that patient-centric first view? Can you talk a little bit about that? I think it just came with years of experience. I, I you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of just talking, just talking to patients. I mean, my, my staff sometimes, <laughs> they don't appreciate it if I'm taking too long, but, you know, you realize that patients don't want to be there, right? They don't like coming to the dentist. So if they can talk to you and make it more personable and you listening to them, which is probably the most important thing, um, they will, their, their comfort level will quickly adapt. They already know they're getting their mouth worked on. They already know maybe it's going to hurt a little bit, or maybe it's gonna be a little uncomfortable. They all know, they know that we, we don't, we can't change that. And that, cause it's the fact, right. But we can make them know that we know that we understand that we're compassionate about them and we're listening to their concerns. We, 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 I must ask a patient 20 times during a procedure, how are you doing? Do you need anything? How are you feeling? Um, and that communication with them and making them comfortable and knowing that I understand and listening to them. Too many, too many patients, I get new patients all the time where they tell me that, you know, they're, they're, they told their dentist they have a problem and they didn't, you know, they didn't address it. And, and I always make it a point to anything they tell me, I, whether it's important or not, I mean, they may think it's important, but I know it's not. I address it as if it is important. I put myself in their shoes. doesn't matter what I know or what I think. I have to get into their head and say, you know, I have a little gum sore. My God, is it cancer? You know, I know it's not cancer, right? But they think it is. So I have to treat it just as seriously as if it was someone who did, did God forbid, have cancer. So communication and, and compassion and listening are so, so important. And that goes for staff members too. Um, but with patients, they seem to their guard goes down a little bit and they, they become much more comfortable and understanding as to what, what the goal is. Okay. Well, right. And I think that listening is something that so many people gloss over. They may think they're listening well, but, but you started to dive into that is right. Listening is also, you know, understanding their fears and, and what they're concerned about. So, so is that listening something you've been able to just develop or, or, or how have you worked on becoming a better listener? I just think years of experience. Um, and, you know, I think earlier in my career, I wish I did more of that because early in your career, you kind of want to prove yourself to your patients, to yourself, to everybody else. And you want to, you know, you want to do as much as you can and, you know, show off your skills and prove to people that you're worthy of being a great dentist or whatever. And um, it's not all about that. You know, it's, 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 it's that, patient interaction and that, and that patient, patient acceptance. So the more I started to listen to patients, I felt the more confidence they had in me and more confidence I had in myself um, because I was really listening to what they wanted and what they needed. And, and, you know, I always tell patients, look, you know, I'm not going to necessarily tell you what you want to hear. Okay. That's not my job. My job is basically to tell you 
if you have, you know, this is the problem. This is how we're going to fix the problem. And this is what's going to happen if you don't fix the problem. I put the onus on them and I treat them like adults. If they're adults, I treat them like adults. I say, look, you know, you're an adult. I'm going to talk to you like an adult. This is your problem. This is what needs to be done. And if it's not done, this is what can happen. You know, I'm not here to tell you if you can afford it. I'm not here to tell you, you know, if there's an alternative, I'll tell you. But you got to just be honest with patients. I mean, you we're, we're so worried about telling them something they don't want to hear. Well, guess what? That's our job, right? So being open and, and communicative and honest with them removes a lot of barriers for you as a treating dentist and for them being able to understand what they need and they become much more agreeable to what they actually need. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all about listening and communication to me. Wow. Okay. So, you know, we're talking a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Some of the lessons that you've learned, we've, we've been talking about listening to patients and how that can help the patients build confidence and, and you build confidence and really understanding what's important to them. So, so listening, absolutely one of the, the important lessons that you've learned. What are some other important lessons that you've learned along the way? Uh, I've also learned um, that your team is critical. To everything and selecting the right team members, the how they fit in with the other team members um, is far more important than some of their their skill sets in some ways. I mean, obviously they have to have the, the right skill sets, but their the the selection and the compatibility of team members is absolutely crucial. All it takes is one team member that's not playing the game, so to speak, and the whole house of cards can fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that's crucial. Uh, I'm very, very, very proud and very, very happy with my entire team because it's taken me years to assemble them to a point where it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a well-oiled machine. They, they like each other. They communicate with each other. Uh, they help each other, uh, and patients pick up on that. Patients know if there's a if there's one bad seed or if there's one person that's not getting along with somebody else. Patients patients um, their senses are heightened when they're in the dental office, so they're gonna in the, to begin with. So they're gonna pick up on that stuff, and we get all kinds of comments about how well the staff gets along with each other, including the doctors, um, and. If, if you have nothing else, if you can build a good team around you, you will be successful. I guarantee it. Well, we, you know, that's interesting to, to hear you talk about, you know, the, the team and patients picking up on, on, on how well that team is interacting. It's almost as if the team is another form of patient communication, isn't it? A hundred percent. And we, we train on that. We talk about that. We, we want, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of having everybody on the team know what's going on with with the patient so the front desk the office manager the assistant or the hygienist there's communication among the team members so that the patient sees wow this this team is communicating with each other they're all involved in my care Um, and that could just simply be you know the next appointment but it's communication and it builds it builds a long-term confidence in the patients with our staff because they know we are communicating. 
Um, when I have a patient that say comes in for a toothache, for example, I make sure that that my assistant finds out the issue and conveys it to me privately so that when I go in the operatory, I'm, I'm telling the patient what their problem is already because that tells them that my team is communicating. My assistant went and, and gave me a full rundown of the issue. And before I walk in the room, I already know. So the patient's not telling me all over again because then they're gonna say, well, I just told this to the assistant. Why, are you, why am I telling you again? So I'm very, very big on that. That I don't wanna call it perception because it's not a perception, but the, the idea of, of communication among all team members, no matter what their job is in the office, everybody needs to be involved in that patient's care. Well, right, it's another level of confidence building for the patient, right? If I can tell you know, a staff member something and then you come in with a with a great understanding of what I told someone else. It shows that behind the scenes, right, everything's oiled well and working well, and Correct. that you do have that deep communication. So, Correct. so right, we, we talked about right just the importance of listening to patients, helping build confidence. We've talked about your team being critical. Well, what's what's one or two more lessons that you've really learned along the way? Um, I think a main thing I would say is. In dentistry, it's very easy to lose sight of what you're there for. And I think it's important to not lose focus uh, and what your purpose is. We can get caught up in insurance. We can get caught up in supplies. We can get up caught up in routine staffing issues. We can get caught up in payroll. We can get caught up in all the little nuances of running a business. But without a patient in the chair, none of it matters. And we were all trained to be dentists. We were all trained. Every dentist complains, oh, I didn't, they didn't teach me about business in dental school. Well, that's because your priority isn't business. Your priority is your patient. And you spent four years learning about patient care. And that should be your focus. And if you take good care of your patients and you treat them well and you do quality work and you treat the problem the way it should be treated and you're, you're, you know, you're doing what you have trained yourself to do. A lot of those other things work themselves out. And I think sometimes I have to take a step back and say, wait a minute, I'm a dentist. I'm here to treat oral health problems. That's my goal. That's my purpose. And when you start you know, drifting away from that purpose, that's when other problems begin. So sometimes, and it's hard because we get wrapped up in so many things on any given day at the office. Um, sometimes you just have to step back and, 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 and boil it down to what your true purpose is, and that is treating patients. Yeah. So w was finding that purpose something of a, a struggle for you or, or have you always just had it? Because I know a lot of times, you know, five, 10 years into a career, someone can start kind of losing that that purpose. So did you have a period of having to, to kind of re-energize and refine that purpose or has it just always been present for you? No, I, I was I definitely sensed that I was starting to lose it um, about the 10 10 to 12 year mark after purchasing the practice, uh, I realized that things were getting a little stagnant. Uh, I was kind of losing my purpose. Things were just kind of humming along without much change uh, or much growth. And before it became an issue, I knew that I had to kind of make a decision to redefine my purpose, refine it, uh, and kind of set the course for my remaining 
15 to 20 years in private practice that I, I envisioned, uh, I knew I kind of had to do something at that moment before I completely lost my purpose. And I wasn't able to find it again. Hmm. And that actually was kind of one of the, the challenges for you. So I, I know when you got started, right, you, you bought a practice and it was working great for you. And you were able to, to step into it, run a great practice. You know, things just kind of worked for you. And you were able to, to literally like plug into the machine and just show up at work for a while. It did. It kind of lulls, lulls you to sleep a little bit. Uh, you know, the bills were getting paid. I, you know, led, led a normal lifestyle. I, you know, had a house. I traveled with my kids and my wife and, you know, we did things, went out to dinner, you know, normal stuff, you know, it was, you know, not living beyond our means by any means, but living a comfortable life. But I also recognized if I stayed on that path, it would, it would last a while, but ultimately it would start to decline. And I've seen, I've seen too many dentists reach the later stages of their careers where it kind of fizzles into nothing because they did not grow or they did not change or they did not adapt. And they spent their entire professional career building a practice only to be left with relatively nothing to show for it. Um, and I did not want to do that. I wanted to have a viable practice that had a, an upward trajectory continually, not, not a, not a bell curve where I peaked and then I started to decline towards the end of my career in terms of, you know, viability and, and, and production. So um, I knew that I was at a crossroads in my career where I was hitting my stride clinically. Uh, I was comfortable running the business. I knew enough about it where I kind of needed to take the next step and kind of take my practice to the next level. And I knew it was then or not, or it wasn't going to happen at all. Okay. So, right. So about halfway into your career, right. Once again, successful practice running well, but just kind of steady, right. Slow and steady moving forward. And, and you felt this dissatisfaction. You knew you wanted more, you knew some things needed to change. And so, you know, it all started to change for you when you showed up at a study club and, and heard someone speak, right? Yeah. I didn't really know what I needed. I knew, I knew this, these thoughts were in my head, but I didn't know how to address it. I didn't know how to deal with it. So we, I belong to a study club, my wife and I, who she's also a dentist. We belong to a study club and we went to a lecture one of the, one night uh, and it was a dental consultant. And when I listened to him, uh, he was basically as if he was in my head. I mean, he was basically telling me what I knew, but he verbalized it for me. So I went up to him afterwards and I got his card and I subsequently met with him a few times um, and, uh, I knew that this was going to be, if I was going to do it, this was going to be the way to do it. It was a commitment of time and money, but I knew this was my practice. This was my life. This was my professional career. I needed to take charge of it and I needed to direct it the way I wanted it to go. Um, so you know, I talked with my wife a lot about it. I did a lot of thinking. I actually even turned him down a couple times. Like I just couldn't, I just couldn't pull the trigger. Um, and he still jokes about it with me to this day. Um, but I knew I, I had to do it. And I, I, it was, a, it was a big risk. I mean, it was the biggest professional risk I've ever taken, but I'm about eight, eight years out of it now. And it was the best decision I ever made. 
Okay. So, so from your standpoint, what, what was the risk? Was it, was it an investment financial risk? Was it the, the risk of you having to get uncomfortable and change? What, what were really the things that, 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 that were scary in this process? It was, it was my, my fear that I would not me personally implement the changes I needed to implement and stay with it hmm. because I knew it was going to put a strain on people to do things differently. Um, and I knew that I had to be the one to grab the reins and, and, you know, and drive it. And I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do that because I'd never done anything like that before. Um, and I knew I had to overhaul things and I knew I had to, there was going to be a lot of hard discussions and about, you know, self-evaluations and practice evaluation and how we do things. And, you know, I had team members who have been doing things this way for, years you know these some of these team members were still part of the practice before i even bought it and they had been doing things the same way for years so you know nobody likes to be told to do things differently because the implication is that that means you're doing them wrong not necessarily but that's that's how it's perceived i don't want you to do it this way anymore i want you to do it that way well why was that way wrong no but this is how we're gonna do it now so that it's a very fine line and i knew that was going to be a big challenge and i knew it was going to take time and I was concerned with my ability to make sure that I steered that ship mm -hmm. to its completion. Interesting. So, so you really kind of felt the weight of the decision that you were making, because as you and I know, dentists love change. Oh wait, no, they actually don't. So, so it sounds like you really, you know, you struggle through feeling the the weight of the choice and knowing that you know you got to actually implement the things that you're being taught. Then, correct. Okay. Well, and for those of you listening, that's an important lesson. I really want you to, to pick up on that, right? When you make decisions to, to change, right, you don't just want to go into these things lightly because you can listen to, to Robert and I talk all day long. You can listen to all the gurus all day long talk, but if you don't take action, if you don't implement, if you don't get uncomfortable, you're not going to get the results that you want. So, you know, I, I would commend you for that because, right, taking the time to, to really weigh the choice, I, I think, is so important in a day and age when people just jump into things. And so, you know, you knew you had to do some changes. So, you know, you brought on, and it's Mike Masato that you started working with, of Staff Driven Dental, correct? Correct. Okay. So, when you brought Mike in, what, what were some of the the big breakthroughs? What were what were some of the things that you first started addressing when you brought Mike in and started working with him? Well, we started addressing things like uh, systems and. Um, how we do things, um, you know, the, the name of his company is Staff Driven Dental, and it is it is that because his focus is on the staff and how they're such an integral part of the success of a practice. So, um, you know, looking at the staff and, and how we did things and, um, you know, just just – Really, you know, and he, he even said it, you know, my practice was not, I mean, he dealt with practices that were in much worse shape than mine. Mine was really not in bad shape. I just kind of needed it to take that next level. So we kind of fine tuned a lot of things that were already there. And we did a lot of self-evaluation and really, I, I mean, in hindsight, to be honest with you, it, it was a lot more for me than anybody else. Hmm. Uh, I 
think I changed my way of thinking and my approach more than anybody else had to. Um, and that was scary. You know, that was scary. But now there's no going back. You know, that's the thing. Once you do it, I can't even – everything now that we – the way we do things in my practice is just – it's normal now. It's just the way we do things. And there's no question. And everybody new that comes in, I've had new staff members that have come in since we did the, the consultant. And we've trained them in the systems that we developed eight years ago. And it's the norm now. You know, we don't we, – we, if we can't imagine if a patient doesn't show up or we can't imagine if a patient doesn't pay a copay or we can't imagine if, you know, there's a staff issue. I mean, there's just – it just doesn't exist because we've built this system in place that just kind of runs on its own now. And we continue to grow. I mean, our practice is growing and uh, it's great. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So it sounds like really kind of the, the big breakthrough you had was just an analyzing of the, the systems and processes that you have in place and then improving the ones that need to be improved and, and really putting those systems in place. So like you said, you know, you're not dealing with co-pays anymore and you can't imagine, you know, a patient not showing up because you've built the practice for that then. Right. And we've, and patients are trained. Patients know we don't let patients, patients don't run the practice. We run the practice. Yeah. And, that, you know, again, you know, we got away from patients saying, oh, I, you know, you know, I, I'll send me the bill or, oh, you know, I'll pay you next time. No, that just doesn't exist anymore. Um, we're so afraid to hurt patients' feelings for some reason. We're so afraid to, to be honest with them. And once you get past that, uh, you know, it, pe people, people respond. Yeah, very true. Now, you know, as the leader of your practice, right, maintaining a, a positive, productive, successful mindset is, is so important. How do you approach that? And, and how do you maintain that positive, protective, successful mindset every day? How, how are you encouraging your staff? How are you staying motivated? How are you keeping your staff motivated? Well, we, we leave all our problems at the door. We don't bring anything to work with us. Um, we try to keep the mood light. There's, you know, there's joking, there's laughing, there's, you know, you know, this might be considered, a, a, you know, a sacrilege to say, but dentistry is not my life, right? I mean, dentistry is my job and that's okay, right? I have a lot of interests that have nothing to do with teeth. Um, and when I go to work, uh, I'll talk about other things about interests I have and I'll, we'll talk to the assistants and we'll talk to the patients and we really try to keep it. We try to keep it light. We do, you know, fun Facebook posts. We do fun Instagram posts. We, uh, we have some contests, patient contests. We, uh, you know, we, we let the patient into our personal lives a little bit. Um, and I think a lot of it comes from the dentist. Um, I'm not tooting my own horn here by any means, but you, you kind of, the dentist kind of has to, they, the staff, just like I said before about patients picking up on things, the staff picks up on things too. So if you come in rigid and mad and angry about something, whether it's dentistry related or not, the whole mood of the office is going to follow you. Okay. They're going to, they're going to take whatever mood you're in. That's the mood they're going to be in. Um, and it's your job as the leader or the boss or the admin, whatever you want to call it, um, to set the mood and how you go is how the office will go. 
If you're up front joking with a patient that's coming in and the staff is laughing too, well, you know what? It's a light mood and that's a good thing. Hmm. But if you're coming in and you had a bad night for whatever or whatever, and you come in and you're brooding and you're aggravated and you go in your office and you shut your door, well, that's going to be the mood of the office for the day. And, um, you know, your actions speak a lot. So I think as the dentist, you really are the one responsible for setting the tone and the mood. You're not, you're not gossiping about other staff members or you're not part, you know, you're not doing those things. You, 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 they follow you, you're their leader and you really need to be that. Yeah. So, so through the, through the downturn, through the pandemic, was it harder to keep that mood up? Did you have to change things or, or, or do you think you had already re- built that culture in that environment and you were able to really kind of step into that and maintain those moods or did you, did you have to work a little harder through the pandemic? No, it, in fact, it proved it more to me during the pandemic. We were, we were, my crew was fantastic during the pandemic. We stopped work mid-March, just like everybody else did. We went back mid-June. But for that entire time, we were in constant communication in one way or another via texts. I would hold Zoom meetings with them, either as a whole office or with uh, departments, hygiene, assistants, that type of thing. Um, I decided early on in the pandemic to be a primary source of information for my team. Uh, There was so much disinformation out there because we just didn't know anything. and I wanted to kind of filter it and stay ahead of or on top of what my staff was hearing or learning. So we would take a lot of um, CE courses together about COVID, um, about preparing the office. Um, we would forward articles to each other. I didn't want them getting information from places that I had no control of over or that was directing their feelings um, or their perceptions. So I tried to do my best to stay on top of it and stay in constant communication with them. So we could talk things out. If they had a concern, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Let's find an answer together. Does this make sense? Does this not make sense? I mean, realistically, really, are we doing this? Do we need to do this or whatnot? So we maintained constant communication. I had not one issue of returning to work. I said, we're opening up on June, whatever it was, 10th. They were all there with bells on. There was no question. There was no hmm. uh, hesitation. They all felt good. I felt good. And we hit the ground running. We, we, we have not stopped at all. Wow. Oh, that is, that's fantastic. So really that, that framework and, and that, that community, that, that culture that you had built, been building really paid off, didn't it? A hundred percent. Absolutely a hundred percent. Not knowing, not knowing it at the time. Yeah. So, but, so really kind of going back to the, the second big lesson you learned, right? Your team is critical to, to everything. And, and because you had laid that foundation, they were ready to go when the challenges hit. Absolutely. Wow. They, they're, they're, they're all in it together. I mean, they, they see this practice as theirs too. I mean, this, they take pride in it. Um, they own it. And that means a lot, you know, day to day. Yeah. 
Wow, very powerful. Now, earlier you'd mentioned, right, again, I want to kind of spend a couple minutes on, on team here, but you mentioned it really took years to, to bring the team together. So you, you acquired a practice. It was a good running practice. What was the team like there? What were some of the challenges that you've you faced throughout the years? And, 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 and what were some of the shifts that you had to make to really build the high-performing team that you have now? Well, I mean, I maintained – I kept when I bought the practice. I kept the entire staff was the same staff, um, and then over the over the course of twenty years, you know, things changed for a variety of reasons, um, necessary change or not. Um, but I think I didn't want to come in and make wholesale changes um, because the staff knew the practice better than I did when I bought it. They knew the patients. Um, so some of the challenges were, were basically, you know, front desk issues, um, managing money, uh, managing appointments, um, the flow of things was, was a problem, but again, you know, not a huge problem, but I knew that there, there were issues, um, and, and do you think that those issues were an outflow of the the staff per se, or was it some of the systems and processes that you had in place, or a mixture both. of both? Both. It was definitely both. Um, yeah, I think it was. De I think it was definitely both. Okay. But you know, I I, I didn't make. I, didn't, I still didn't make wholesale changes. I, I there were, there was only one staff member that I. Um, let go in all these years, there's only one that I actually let go and replaced. Um, all the other staff changes that occurred just happened to happen at, through natural attrition. And most of them, and every time that happened, it gave me the opportunity to bring in the type of team member that I knew I needed. Um, but it took a long time. Um, but there was only one actually that I ended up having to terminate um, over the years. Okay, very, very interesting. So such important lessons you've been sharing with us, Robert. We've talked about just the importance of listening to patients. We've talked about your team being critical to your success. And then most importantly, I think, is keeping your focus on your purpose, right? If you've got your purpose, if you're focused on providing good oral health to your patients, everything else really falls in line. So, you know, looking at where you are today, what are some things that, that keep you up at night? What do you, what do you worry about now in the practice? Well, I, I, I guess what I worry about most now is the is basically just the cost of doing business. I, I don't worry about my staff. I don't worry about patients. I don't worry about my clinical abilities. I don't worry about is there going to be a person in the chair when I go in in the morning? Uh, are they going to show up? I don't. I don't worry about those things. Um, I used to worry about some of those things. But I don't. Now I mostly worry about the cost of doing business. The, the the incredible cost for a dentist to run a practice is obscene, whether it's supplies or taxes or um, salaries. Uh, I mean, the, the, the overhead is not to mention insurance companies paying, you know, percentages on the dollar of what you should be earning. I mean, that's a whole other story for another day. But um, the cost of doing business to me is, has always been a concern and remains to be a concern and will always be a concern. 
um, that's not going to change. There's, there's nothing because I, I don't have any control over most of it. Um, but things that I, I don't worry about that I did, used to worry about, I don't worry about anymore. Wow. What, what an amazing place to be. So what does the future look like for you here? Personally? Yeah. Personally, professionally, what are you looking forward to most in the practice? Well, we've, we've, we've experienced incredible growth since we've been back. Um, I don't know if other dentists have or not. I can't, I, I don't know, but we've experienced incredible growth since June. We've seen an incredible uptick in new patients. We've expanded hours to our associate, our hygienist. I mean, the, the practice has really grown. We just had the best month we've ever had. Um, and we're not really doing anything different. It's just testament to that the systems are working and they're, they're continually working. Um, so, you know, I would like to, I would like to practice for maybe, I don't know, 10 or 12 more years. Um, my wife is a dentist at the, at the, uh, she works for the VA. Um, so she'll be retiring probably hopefully within around that time too. So, um, you know, but, but most importantly, I, I, I want to see my practice thrive and right till the end. I don't want to see a downturn. Hmm. Um, as long as my skills are there, I think, uh, you know, I should be able to do that. Oh, fantastic. So, you know, I, I want you to travel back to your, your, your Navy days, right? When you were first getting started, right? You, you're in the Navy, you get out, you're starting dentistry. What would you go back and what would you tell yourself? If you had your chance to start all over again, what would you do differently? What would I do differently? Uh, I would probably take more time with the patient and learning more from patients uh, and listening to them more. I, I feel like I was much more selfish in a way. I was more focused on me proving myself uh, and maybe getting faster or, you know, being able to do all these different things. Um, and I, I, I was too young to know that that would all come with time. But I think listening, you know, learning, learning to deal with the patient would have been a great thing back then. Wow. What, what a powerful insight, powerful lesson. So, Robert, thank you for sharing so generously with us. I, I know I certainly have a better mindset when it comes to thinking about the practice, right? Keep the patient first and foremost, right? I have a new way of thinking about the, the practice and about dentistry, right? Just listening to the patients focusing on your team, keeping your, your, your focus right up there, right front and, and center. I, and my hope is, I, I know I'm more energized and I hope you're more energized too, if you're listening to this, to show up in your office Monday morning, really make a difference for your patients. So Robert, any closing thoughts before we sign off here? Um, no, I just want to thank you for taking the time and, uh, and inviting me to this. It's been a great experience and uh, I hope Maybe one person got something out of it. <laughs> well, you, you're the one, so I know that's one. So maybe two people got something out of it. But uh, I do appreciate it, and um, you know, it's a great, it's a great profession, and it's a hard profession, and uh, you know, it's it's there for the taking. You just have to stay focused.
Yeah, no, I, I think it's one of the greatest careers around and yeah, you, you get to make people literally smile. So thank you for making a difference. Thank you for sharing generously with us. And if you're listening to this, once again, don't just listen, take some of these things back to your office, take them with you Monday morning. If you need help, reach out to myself or, or Mike, you know, reach out to the community around you. I hope you picked up on that theme also today is just the importance of, of your team, of that community of, of people around you. And if you do these things, you're going to make it a great day. You're going to build that amazing life of significance. You're going to have the practice you wanted. But if you just listen to it, it's not going to happen. you got to take action. So until next time, get out there and make it a great day. Thanks, Tim. Outro. Huh. You've been listening to Dental Wealth Nation. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Join us next time as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families and help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love. Till next time, make sure to hit the website at dentalwealthnation.com. 